series today called Habits. Let me ask you this. If you had $86,400 deposited into your checking account every single day, what would you do? Come on, what would you dream about? Dream with me for a minute. $86,400 invested. And here's the, here's the only caveat. You could not carry it over to the next day. Couldn't carry it over. It, it depletes. There's no rollover. No rollover money. $86,400. Come on, how many of you be generous like you've never been generous before? How many, how many would get that house you've always dreamed of? You would do things. How many of you would quit your job right now? Come on, okay. <laughs> There's a lot of things we'd probably do if we had $86,400 invested into our account every single day. And I'm here to tell you today that you have 86,400 seconds in your day. Every single day you have 86,400 seconds and you don't get to roll those over into the next day. But I mean, no, we want to spend those wise. We want to spend those, invest those as much as we possibly can. You don't get to roll them over, but you can use the most that you possibly can. And our desire through this series is really this, this whole thing of us setting us up for a life that where we invest those 86,400 minutes in a place that really can bring us to where we, we feel like God is calling us into the future. And uh, I don't know about y'all, come on, how many believe in 2019 is going to be better than 2018? And God's got great things for you. <clears throat> and so we want to kick off the year developing some great habits and really getting us into a place because, how I many know, we're all creatures of habit. Come on, we're all creatures of habit. All of us have uh, habits that we do every single morning. I mean, no, when, during the summer, we can't wait to school to start because it's a habit. We get back into the routine of what's going on. How many have a morning routine? Who's got a morning routine habit? Maybe you wake up, go to the bathroom, get some coffee, brush your teeth. You, you got this routine that you do every single day. I, gotta, I, I brush, how, how many got a habit? I have a habit when it comes to even brushing my teeth. I have a habit. I, I, I wet my brush first, then I put on the toothpaste, because that's the proper way you're supposed to do it, just to let you know. So I'm joking. I'm kidding. I, I just, I have a habit. I got, I, got, I got weird habits. Anybody got weird habits? Who's got some weird habits? You got weird habits? You know, I, I hum a lot. I like, I always got a song. I always got, I always got music going on in my head. I'm always humming. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that my wife knows when she's cooking really good, because if I like what I'm eating, I'm humming while I'm eating it. Mmm, Jesus. <laughs> So if, it's, if I'm not humming, she's like, you're not humming. <laughs> oh, I'm humming internally. So like, we all got habits. I remember when I moved, we moved from our, our old house that we're in to the house that we're in now a number of years ago. I remember the first week of, of driving back from work, I would pull into my old house driveway. Uh, and because it was just a natural habit. I knew the way that I go and that's where I went. And and I had to remind myself, I don't live here anymore. How many have the, you drive the same exact way to work every single day? Same way, you come home the same way. I mean, we all got habits. All of us have habits in our lives. Some are good, some are bad, but we all have habits. We got things, and, and habits are a great thing. Habits are what make you and make me into what we are. And so how many know during the, the prayer and fasting, how many join, enjoy the prayer and fasting with us? Man, it's powerful. It's a powerful time, but... Man, I don't know about y'all, but the prayer and fasting revealed some habits in my life. Uh, I, I, you know, I disconnected from social media. I, I disconnected from uh, drinking sweets and candies, and I, I did a couple other things. And, and so, man, I, I, I realized when I get down to a, a restaurant and, and the server comes up and says, what do you like to drink? I'd normally say, I'd like a, oh, y'all already know me. Y'all know y'all's pastor. 
like a Dr. Pepper. And so, you know, the waitress came up, what would you like? I was like, I'd like a Dr. Water. A Dr. <laughs> I'll take a Dr. Water, please. I just, it's just a natural habit, even waking up and, and, uh, and at night, just the natural habit of going to my phone and hitting that Facebook app all the time. It's just a natural just habit of going and doing those things. And I want to show you some statistics because uh, this is something that we need to understand that habits and how they inform our life. Duke University did a survey, and this was the survey that they discovered. Watch this. They found that about 40% of our actions in the week are based on habits. That during your week, 40% of what you're doing is actually a habit. It's a habitual thing that you do. And so I, I want to show you some other things. Uh, the average Netflix subscriber. How many in here have Netflix? Who's, who's got Netflix in here? Raise your hand. Okay. If you got Netflix, watch this. The average Netflix su subscriber watches five hours per week. Okay. That's a total of 10 days a year. Not too bad. I mean, it's somewhat moderate. But let me show you the next one. Watch this. The average American aged 18 to 35 spends 3.8 hours per day on social media and five hours per day watching TV. That's a total of 136 days a year. Come on, how many wish you could get back 136 days a year? I, listen, anytime someone says, I don't have time, I laugh. Because the truth is, we usually have way more time than we can even imagine, 136 days a year. We are all creatures of habit. Some good, not, some not so good. But how I many know Jesus was also a creature of habit? The Bible says that Jesus was a man just like you and I, and he had habits in his own life. So let me show you some of the habits that he had. Luke chapter 22. If you got some notes, come on, wave some notes at me. You wave them. All right, there we go. If you're online, we got notes online as well. Go to the Bible app, and you can get your notes as well with us. But this is what it says in Luke chapter 22, verse 39. It says, Jesus left the upper room with his disciples. And now watch this. Everybody say this to me. As was his as was his habit, he went to the Mount of Olives, his place of secret prayer. Notice Jesus, Jesus didn't say, uh, I, just, I just don't have time to pray. Man, I'm just busy. All these people need me. He didn't say that. He had a habit of spending time with his father in prayer. It was, it was what his habit. Let me show you another habit that Jesus had. Watch this. The next verse, it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, when he came to Nazareth, where he had been raised, he went into the synagogue. Here we go. Everybody say this again with me. As he as he always did on the Sabbath city, uh, on the Sabbath day. He, he always did. Now, this is a, a passage of scripture when Jesus was 30. Now, we don't know a lot about Jesus' actually life going up to 30. We know his father was a carpenter. Uh, we know his birth. We know a little bit when he was about 11 or 12 when his parents lost him. <laughs> we know, but we don't know a lot. But this verse really gives us a behind-the-scenes look at really what Jesus was doing. Now, look at this. He, was, he always did this. What did he always do? He always went to the synagogue. Well, let's modernize this. Jesus went to church. Come on, how many glad Jesus went to church? <laughs> how, how many of you think if Jesus went to church, we need to get to church? This is Jesus as he always did. What, what would it, let me ask you this. What would it look like in 2019 if you made the habit this year to just get to church? Now, listen, I know work and I know sickness and vacations and a lot of things that you can't foresee, but what if for sure every Sunday when we know we're here, we just go ahead and just make the resolution, 2019, our family's going to church. How many know, what would your 20, the end of 2019 look like for you? What would it look like 
for me, if we just make a commitment to get into God's house. Now, I want you to write this down because this is a big idea and we're gonna let this kind of be the theme throughout the rest of this three-week series and that is this, write this down. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. This is so true and this applies, listen to me, to every area of your life. This applies to not only spiritual, but this applies to your financial, your relational, your emotional. It, it applies to every area of life. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Sean Covey said it this way. Watch, watch what he says. Our habits will make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. Whatever you repeatedly do, that is who you become. And it can be good, it can make you, or it can be bad, and it can break you. This is what we see all throughout scripture. And so today I want to share with you, we're going to kind of lay a, a foundation and a framework of really why our habits are not working. We're going to uncover maybe some of the bad habits that are in our lives, but, but I want us to also dive into kind of the motivation behind our desire to change because all of us in here want to change. And so let me give you today three really areas that are three reasons why we don't see success. Let me give you number one. Number one is this. We focus on the what, not the how. Let me prove this to you. We focus on the what. Most of us have very similar goals. How many of you, show of hands, come on, cooperate with me. If you're on Facebook Live, you can get a, a love, love punch or give us a hand here. Listen, if you, if you want to get closer to God in 2019, let me see it. Let me see your hand. You want to get, 20, okay, closer to God in 2019. Okay, you want to get a little bit more physically fit, healthy with your body in 2019, raise your hand, Okay. Uh, you want to have more money in your checking account the end of 2019 than you did the end of 2018. Come on, somebody. All right, okay. All right. You want to have a better marriage than you did. You want to continue to grow and get closer together. Raise your hand. Okay. You want your children to finally obey you. Raise your hand. No, I'm joking. So, okay. <laughs> children, you want your parents to finally give you what you want. No, I'm joking. Okay, so, all right. So, we all have similar habits. Or, I mean, uh, similar goals. We all desire very much the same things. Now, there are some differences to some things, but really for the big parts of our lives, they're, they're the same. But I love what James Clear said. Watch this. James Clear said it this way. Successful people and unsuccessful people have the same goals. Successful people and unsuccessful people have the same goals. All of us in this room want to get closer to God in 2019, but not all of us in this room will. Because some will have the habit to get closer to God, and some will not do the habit to get closer. Are y'all with me this morning? And so this is, this is the same. Listen, every sports team, every sports team has the desire at the beginning of the year to, to, have, to have a championship. I've never heard, you know, any team say, all right, guys, listen, this year, this is going to be our year. We're going for fifth place. Fifth place, guys. Let's see what we can. No, 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 listen. No, everybody wants the championship, and it's only the Clemson Tigers and Travis Achan that raised the championship this year. Come on, I'm beating. It's only going to be the New Orleans Saints that wake up. That, come on, we go Super Bowl. Come on, y'all pray for the Saints. It's Jesus' favorite team, y'all know? Y'all know that, right? It's the only people that are going to heaven is the Saints. So, I mean, we got at least God on our side, so we'll pray for them today. But listen, this is the same in all of our lives, that every single area of our life, we often have the same goals. Nobody gets married and says, man, our goal is let's make it a good solid five years. <laughs> Nobody says that. 
Nobody's like, you know what? 2019 is going to be a year of high cholesterol. Let's do this. <laughs> nobody says that. You know, nobody wants to be broke. Nobody, nobody wants those things. Everybody wants more money and better relationships and closer to God. But, but it's not what we're doing. It's how we're doing it. R- write this down. Practice doesn't make perfect. It makes permanent. Practice doesn't make perfect, it makes permanent. And whatever you're practicing right now, it's going to make permanent. The problem is what you're practicing might not be good. And so if you're practicing things, you got habits in your life that are not, not good habits, listen, the, you continually doing those over and over time, it doesn't make perfect, it just makes permanent. Uh, is everybody with me? And, and so w- this, is, this plays out in our life. And so if you wanna see your goals, you wanna see real change happen in this year, We've got to get to the, the how. how. How is that actually going to happen? Because listen, if you've got a goal, but you don't have a plan, you've got a dream. You've got a dream. And, and, and in scripture, we actually see this play out in a man by the name of Daniel. Let me show you in Daniel chapter 6. It says, Daniel went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. I love that, as usual. As usual. It was, it was a habit. It was something that he did in his life. With his windows open towards Jerusalem. Now watch this. And he prayed three times a day, just as, everybody say this line with me, just as he had always done. He had always done. He was giving thanks to God. This, is, this, was his, this was his habit. Well, we know this was the habit that he had in his life. Not only is it a habit that, that got him put into uh, the lion's den, but how many know because of this habit, I believe he survived and thrived in the lion's den. And so if you want to see 2019 be a year that you really succeed, you're going, to have to, you're going to have to look at not only what you're doing, but you're going to have to look at how you're doing. Let me give you number two. Number two is we think our small decisions don't matter that much. We think that our small decisions don't matter that much. So let me show you how this plays out. Maybe, you're, maybe you're, you play video games three or four hours a day and you're married uh-oh, now we go somewhere. Oh, well, let's, we'll switch it. Maybe you're on social media three or four hours a day and you're married. And your spouse does not like it. And they make it pretty evident that they don't like it. But they don't leave. They don't leave you. You think, yeah, it's an annoyance to them, but they're not leaving. So you have no desire to really change because there's nothing pushing you to have to change because you think your small decisions don't really matter that much. Or, or let's say uh, another way is um, you wake up and it's Sunday and you're like, you told your family that day, hey, we're going to go to church. And you woke up and you're like, ah, I just don't really feel like it. So you don't go to church. And, and that week, your week's good. Your world doesn't fall apart. And so the next weekend comes and you go, I mean, nothing fell apart. We're doing okay. I, I, I'm not going to go this week. And then what you realize is now weeks and months and years start happening. And you look back and you realize that it 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 didn't all happen at once, but it was small decisions you were making over the course of time. A small decision that night to eat half of the bluebell carton. (laughs) Got on the scale the next day. You didn't weigh five pounds more. But unfortunately, you did that every night for the next year. You got on the scale and you couldn't read the scale. 
And then you wonder, how did I get here? Listen, you don't ruin your life in one big moment. It's small decision after small decision after small decision after small decision. Y'all with me? Small decision after small decision. We see this actually in Judges chapter 16 with a guy by the name of Samson. Now, if you know anything about Samson, Old Testament, strongest man. He was the strongest man. He would have won every CrossFit competition there was. He was, he was a man. He was a man's man, and he had really long hair. And uh, his hair was a part of the strength that God had given him. And God had given him some rules to live by and said, man, if you want the, the favor of God upon you, these are things that you're called to do. And, and I want you to see how, what happens because a part of Sam, Samson's story is a tragic part, is the disobedience part. And God redeems him at the end. But I want to show you what got him to the place that really led to some tragedy. It says, one day Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza. Now watch this. And he spent the night with a what? With Some of you are like, can we say that word in shit? Prostitute. He's a prostitute. <laughs> Gaza was the headquarters. Now watch this. The headquarters of the Philistines. Gaza was the, was the place, the, the metropolis of the people who hated God's people. And here he is, man of God, mightiest of all, takes a trip down to the most wicked city, and he spends the night with a prostitute. Now, where Samson lived and where Gaza was is so important. Now, I want you to hear me on this. It was 25 miles between his hometown where he lived and where Gaza was. And most of us think that Samson ruined his, his life overnight. It did not happen overnight. It happened one step at a time. 52,260 steps that he would have had to have taken to get all the way to Gaza. And at any point, how many know at, at, at step 11,200, he could have said, ah, no, what am I doing? What am I? And he could have turned around. He could have turned around, but he didn't. He chose to take the next step and the next step and the next step. And we know it finally led to him doing something he regretted and being in a city that he didn't need to be in. And can I tell you right now, there is no man in this place that has ruined their marriage because of one night. It led up to that point. It led up to that point. No, nobody, nobody's just broke immediately. We made bad decision after bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And so here's the truth. Ready? Write this down. Our life is the sum total of all the small decisions that we make. Our life is the sum total of all the small decisions that we make. You rarely wreck your life in one big moment. And no, no guy wakes up in the morning and says, I have a great wife and I have great kids. Let me ruin it and have an affair. Nobody. What it is, is it's daily decisions of uh, responding to that Facebook message that you probably should have told your wife, but you didn't, and so you hit it, and then it's the next thing of, hey, can we just have a little bit more conversation? Then it's, hey, can we meet up? And then it leads to things. Are y'all tracking me here? It's the same way in our health, that we make those small decisions, and we think it's not a big deal, but it's small decisions every single day that we're making, and we're moving our life into direction that we regret one small decision at a time. But here's the flip side of it, and here's the great thing about this, is that God can take your small decisions that were in the bad way, and how many know he can flip them to be righteous decisions, and your life will change as well? Your life will change as well. well look at Luke chapter 16, verse 10. It says it this way, watch. If you are faithful in, everybody say this with me, little things, little things, the things that nobody really pays much attention to, the things that really don't seem like they matter that much. But if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the 
large ones. You're going to be faithful in the large ones. If you're dishonest in the, the little things, you're, you're, you're fudging the report just a little bit. You're, you're compromising just a little bit. You, you said you, you went to go sell that and they asked you about it and you weren't as honest as you could have. You, 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 didn't, you didn't fully tell the truth. It was just a little, it wasn't big, but it was just a little lie of what was going on. And, and how many know it's the little things? It's the little things. It's the little things. If you're dishonest in the little things, you're not going to be honest with greater responsibility. And so, you know, we're praying, God, you know, give me more money this year. God, give me more money this year. Here's the question. How are you doing with the money you have? Are you tithing? Are you giving? Are you generous? Do you have a budget with $1,000, you know, a month? Why would God give you $10,000 if you can't budget $1,000? Are y'all with me? Come on. And so this is, this is hard because we, we've got to actually backtrack and realize that where I am today was not one big moment. It was small decisions I made every single day to lead me to where I am for bad and for good. And so your good decisions that you're making, they're not being wasted. They're being stored up. You ever boiled water? How many boiled water in here? Three of y'all. Good. Okay. All right. Pray for your children. Y'all don't eat. <laughs> so, you know, if you boil water and you put, you know, put the water in the, in the pot, and then you put it on the stove, and you crank that at, on high. As soon as you crank it on high, it doesn't immediately start boiling, right? Over, over time, right? 40 degrees, 50 degrees, 90 degrees, 120 degrees, 180 degrees, 200 degrees, 211 degrees. Now, 211 degrees is hot water, but it's not boiling. 212 is the tipping point where it goes to boiling, that's when it hits the boiling, what? Point. The boiling point is right there at 212. And some of you right now, you have been faithful to God in the small things, and it's got to 80 and 90 and 100 and 120, 130, and it maybe even got you to 211. And you got to 211, you didn't see what you thought you should see, and you quit. And you went right back down, not realizing that you were one degree away from God really doing the tipping point of what was going to happen. I mean, when you build a, a snowball, it's a snowball over time, over time, over time, and it gets bigger, and it gets bigger, and it gets bigger, and it gets bigger. And as God, listen, as God breathes success on your life, and he breathes success, some of the stories you've been hearing over the last couple of weeks of us been sharing uh, of people in our, our, our church and what they, where, where they are now and where they, where they were, we celebrated that last week. It wasn't, it wasn't just they said, yes, I'm all in, God, and the next day they were just totally delivered. It was Every day they had to wake up and make a decision like, I'm going to recommit my life to God today. And then, yes, I'm going to go to a life group. And yes, I'm going to go through freedom. And yes, I'm going to do this. And yes, I'm going to get involved. And yes, and, and everything that led to this point where now we celebrate what we see. But how many know what you see is not what, it, you don't see behind the scenes of what it took to get them to what you see. We celebrate the stage, but don't realize the burden of what it took to get to that. And so this is so huge for us to realize that every little small decision that you make matters. Number three, we allow our failures to become our identity. We allow our failures to become our identity. Watch what Romans chapter seven says. This is the Apostle Paul, one of the mightiest men in scripture. I mean, next to Jesus, I mean, Paul wrote majority of the New Testament and look what he said. Hopefully this will be encouraging to you today. I don't really understand myself. Come on, can we just stop there and say, Paul, I, I feel you. Yeah. Anybody in here? Anybody say that about your wife? Don't raise your hand. Okay, I'm joking. <laughs> I really don't understand myself. Watch. For I want to do what is right, 
I mean, I really do, but I don't do it. I mean, instead, I, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. And it goes on, he says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. I think so many people, I, we say this all the time, you know, when you come into church, my job's not to make you feel bad. You feel bad enough. Like you already feel bad for where you are in your life right now. My job's not to make you feel more bad. My job is to show you that you can see some real change if you'll put your hope in Jesus. Because watch this. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Now watch this. The enemy's strategy is to always connect your failures to your identity. The enemy's strategy is always to connect what you did bad and say that's who you are. You, and, and so we say things like, you know, I'm just an addict. It's just what I am. And so we go smoke the stuff and snort the stuff and do that because that's just what I just, I just, I'm an addict. I'm just, my dad was an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. That's just how it is. I'm just, I'm just that way. Or, or we say, you know, I'm just not, I'm not good with money. I'm just not who I am. I'm just not good with it. And then we go on a shopping spree. Or, or, or we, we say things like, I'm just not, you know, I'm not disciplined. I'm just not a disciplined person. You know, I, you know, that healthy stuff's for all those really disciplined persons. I'm, I'm just not that. And, and what we do is we, we take our failures and our bad habits and we let those become our identity. But I need you to hear me. An unhealthy identity will create unhealthy habits. And unhealthy habits will fuel your unhealthy identity. If you say, I'm an addict all the time, guess what the habits you're going to begin to do? You're going to do addictions all the time, which are going to only feed your unhealthy identity even more. Let, let, me, let me put it a different way. If you're trying to quit smoking, okay, or vaping or whatever, however that works for you, let's say you, you're like, this year, 2019, no more cigarettes. And someone said, comes up to you and says, hey, man, would you like a smoke? One option is to say, no, no, man, no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to smoke. I'm, I'm trying to not smoke this year. I'm going sm not smoke-free this year. Or... You could say this, and this is what I would encourage you to say is, no, nah, man, I'm not a smoker anymore. Y'all see the difference? One is, man, I'm going to just try not to anymore. Man, I hope it goes well. And one is, no, that's not me anymore. That's not me anymore. One's, one, is, one is attached to your habits and to what you do. One is attached to your identity. And when you attach it to your identity, you can say, no, 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 I'm a man of God. I don't do that anymore. I'm, I'm this, I don't do that anymore. And so we look throughout scripture and we see this where he says, oh, what a miserable person I am. But watch this, this is so awesome. Watch the next verse. The next verse says this, who will, y'all got this? There we go. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And I love this, watch. Thank God, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Man, I, I, oh, I, I do the things I don't want to do. The things I want to do, I don't do. How in the world am I ever going to create new habits in the air? Jesus can help you create new habits this year. Jesus can free you. Jesus can deliver you. Jesus does this. The presence and the power of Jesus can help you do things you've never wanted to do in your life. All of a sudden, you have this thing in your life like, man, I just want to read the Bible. Where did that come from? Jesus all of a sudden, you're like, man, I really need to disconnect from these guys. They're just not good for me, man. I need to get around some really godly community. Why all of a sudden am I wanting to do that? Jesus, 
Like I'm finally like trying to be nice to my wife. Why is that happening? Jesus! I didn't rip my kids' heads off this morning like I normally do. Dad, what got into you? Jesus. Jesus. Right? Who can change us? Who can change us? Who can change us? Jesus. So this is not, I want you to hear me. This is not a behavior modification sermon. I do not want you to walk out of here going, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. No, you're going to walk out of here and go, I can't do it, but Jesus can. I can't do it, but Jesus can. Jesus can, Jesus can, Jesus can, Jesus can, Jesus can. Jesus can. Hashtag Jesus can. Let me share with you two ways to succeed in 2019. And this is how we really see our habits and our goals really manifest themselves and actually come to fruition the first one is this, number one, focus on who before do. Focus on who before do. You know, this week on our OSC um, eFam page, I asked the question, what are some bad habits you want to stop? What's some good habits you want to start? And many of you commented, thank you again for commenting. It's great to hear and read a lot of those comments. And so many of you are, you know, I want to, I want to stop worrying and trust God this year. I want to be, you know, I want to stop being foolish with my money and be a wise investor and saver. I want to, you know, I want to work on my marriage. I want to, there's all great things. Uh, I mean, I listed some of the things that I want to do, but there's a tendency oftentimes when we're looking at a new year and we're wanting to identify the things that we really want to change, that we start with creating do goals. I'm challenging you today to not start with do goals, but start with who goals. See, because who goals will empower and inform and inspire your do goals. See, if you try to do, 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 but you don't know why you're doing it, you're going to quit, which is why most New Year's resolutions end by February, because you want to do, 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 and then the mo, mo, mo is no mo. <laughs> Y'all ever been there before? You're like, I'm waking up early, and then like day three, you're like, ah, you know, tomorrow, <laughs> right? You got to know who. So, so I just started writing things down. Here's, here's the big question. This is the question. Who do you want to become in 2019? Who do you want to become in 2019? Wrote down a couple things. I, I want to be a, a true man of God. Um, maybe, maybe for you, it's I want to be sober and clean and free this year. Maybe it's, man, I want to be a godly wife and a mom to my children this year. Or maybe, hey, I want to be financially free. I want to be more generous this year than I've ever been before. Maybe it's, I want to be a bold witness at my school. Maybe it's, I just want to be healthy as a person this year in my soul, in my body. Because here's, here's the truth, ready? When you know who you are, you know what to do. When you know who you are, you know what to do. When you know who you are, you know what to do. When I know I'm not a smoker anymore, it's easy for me to turn it down. When I know I want to be a person who lives debt-free, that's a goal that I personally have. I want to continually live debt-free. That's what I want to be. So I can be financially generous and I can invest in my children in the years to come. In order for me to do that, when that new vehicle comes, I say, no. It's easy to, ma it's easy to make those decisions on what I do when I know who I am. Are y'all with me? I want to be a man of God. I want to do that. Now. What, what, what is that for you? Watch what Romans chapter 6 verse 7 says. We know, watch this, we know that our sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. Come on, how many want some of that this year? Sin loses its power in 2019 in our lives. It loses its power. We are no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer. For when, when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Now watch this. Now, that's huge. That's huge. 
Now you are free. You're free from slavery to sin. Now watch this. But, but, but you're now chained to something else, which is even better. You are now becoming slaves to righteous living. So now, 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 now I'm no longer a slave to my bad habits. I'm no longer a slave to this addiction. I'm no longer a slave to this depression. I'm no longer a slave to these emotions that have held me down for so long. No, no, I am a slave to righteousness. I'm a slave to holiness. I'm a slave to Jesus. I'm a slave to his desires. I'm a slave to what he wants. Who are you in Christ? You are free. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. You are more than a conqueror. You, the spirit of God lives inside of you. And if he lives inside of you, come on, how many of you know that nothing in hell can ever come against you? He He's your protector. He's your defender. He is with you. He's never left you. You are loved. You are adopted. You are beloved. And you are, I am preaching way louder than you are responding. I know online's like preaching it up right here with me. So this is who you are. When you forget who you are, you'll do things you wish you would never do. All the single ladies in the house, listen to me closely. All the single ladies. When you don't know who you are, you'll fall for any man. But when you know you are a valued treasure that God so loves and you are worth everything and that if a man wants you, he's got to go through Jesus to get you. Come on, y'all with me? You ain't going to be giving stuff away. They're going to have to work to come find you. Bible says when a man finds a wife, not when he finds a girlfriend, when he finds a wife, when he finds a wife, he finds a good thing. So listen, stop being girlfriend material and start being wife material and maybe a man will find you. All right. So let me talk to the men for a moment here. It's time to get off that phone and get off them video games and get a, get a, get a real job and really invest. And not only invest in, in your money, but invest in yourself and become the man that a woman really needs you to be. I'm telling you, because when you will focus on who you are, God will give you what you want. Maybe he just hasn't given you what you want because you're not who he wants you to be yet because you would screw up if you got what you wanted right now. And so this is a season, I'm telling you right now, in this beginning of this year, we're going to develop some habits, do some things. We're going to focus on who before do. Let me give you number two. We're going to realize the right time to do the right thing is right now. We'll say that again. Realize the right time to do the right thing is right now. Victory starts right now. Freedom starts right now. Life in Christ and new beginnings start right now. It starts now. One of my favorite guys, Walt Disney, said this. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Come on, Walt. Walt got a little wisdom on him. Listen, it, uh, Walt is a man who understood what it was to dream. But he also understood it's one thing to take a dream and it's another thing to start doing something. And so here's your action step. You ready? Here's the action step. This is, this is homework. You, you're walking away with homework. This is what I want you to do this week. Write it down. 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 There's a study that just came out that said 70% of people who write their goals down actually accomplish them. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. What do you want me to write down, Pastor Josh? Glad you're asking. Number one, I want you to write down good habits. What, is God, what, what has brought you success? What, what are the habits that maybe God has helped you with, people have helped you with, maybe your parents helped you with? Maybe it was a habit that you developed at a young age and you're thankful for it, but what are the good habits that are in your life that you're thankful for and they have really helped you in life? What are those? List them. List them out. All right, ready? Column two. We're going to write down bad habits. 
What are the, the habits that are in your life that you need to stop? What are the things that you need to stop? You know it. We, we were being like nice on Facebook. You know there's some real ones that you know like, oh man, I really need someone. I, I, I got to get rid of these. I got to stop these. Ready? Column three, missing habits. Missing habits. What do you need to start? Maybe, maybe it's, man, I, I, I just need to start, start tithing. I haven't done it. I know I need to. God's been telling me to do it. I know I need to do it. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's, hey, I need to get plugged into a life group. I need to stop being on the fray. I need to stop just showing up on Sunday. I need to get into the family. I need to take next step. I need to get in a life group. I need to get on dream team. I know I just need to take that step. I need to get connected. Uh, it's a missing habit of mine. Maybe it's, I need to spend time in God's word every single day. I'm spotty on that. I need to do this more. I need to make it. I need to get a plan. This week, we're going we're gonna to reveal some plans. We'll show some plans on Facebook, on things. Get a plan. Get, get the Bible app. Get a plan. Get a plan. Get a plan. Get a plan. What is good? What is bad? What is missing? All right, you ready? Here's the hardest part of all this. That's the easy part. Here's the hard part. If you're married, give that list to your spouse and ask them if you missed anything. <laughs> and then after you're done fighting, <laughs> come on, I mean, no, that's true. After you're done fighting, then you go, thank you so much for being honest with me. You are a part of the sanctification of making me more like Jesus. And you just receive it humbly. I'm going to do it with my wife this week. I don't know if she'll do it with me, but I'm going to at least do it with her. If you're single in here, you give it to a trusted friend, someone who loves you. Just say, hey, this is, these are things I really feel like God's wanting me to, to stop. These are things I feel like God's wanting me to start. These are things I feel like I'm doing really well. What, what do you think? What do you see? Because here's, here's the truth. You don't know you as much as you think you know you, and people around you actually know more about your bad habits than you do. Yeah, ask your kids. So, come on, how many of you committing this year, 2019? So listen, we're going we're to focus on who we want to become, not just what we want to do. We're going to be people who do consistently what other people do occasionally. We're going to be a church that is committed to wanting to seek God and want to reach people. And I mean, we have dreams of planning more campuses and doing more things. But how many know those are just dreams unless there's actions that's put into place? So this year, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna add more services because the only way we can reach more people. Something we got to do, but it's because of who we are. And you, I don't, I don't know where you're at in your life. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe your marriage has just been on that cliff and you know it's just one, one tipping point to it disintegrating. But it also could be one tipping point to go back in the direction you know it needs to go. All of us in here are just steps away from God really doing some major change in your life. Today is the day the right time to do the right thing is right now. Would you bow your heads in this place? Father, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your spirit that's here. God, we invite you to come. Lord, in this moment, I pray, God, that you would, you would continue to speak. I pray that you would give us the courage and the boldness and the strength right now to start taking steps. For some of you in here, the greatest step that you need to take, this biggest one, is the relationship with God. You know you're not where you 
need to be or even where you want to be. You know that. And you know that in order for you to accomplish any of these desires, any lasting real change in your life, you need the power of Jesus in your life. And you know what? It's easy. It's as easy as ABC. We admit that we're sinners, that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. There's no power within us. There's no priest, no pastor, no church. There's no baptism. There's nothing we can do that can, that can help really bring real lasting change in our life. It's not from that. It's, it's from us doing the B part, the believing that Jesus came. He lived a life that you and I deserve to die. He, or he lived a life we couldn't live and died the death we deserve to die. He he gave his life for you. He took your guilt, your shame, and your past, and he bore those on his body on the cross. And he, in return, exchanges his righteousness for yours. He takes your sin, and you take his righteousness. And if you will confess that Jesus is Lord of your life, if you'll make him your Savior and your Lord, the Bible says that he will come in and he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He will give you a new start. If you're here in this place and you say, you know what, Pastor Josh, I know step one for me is I just need a relationship with God. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you just to shoot your hand up right across, all across this room. One, two, three. That's me. That's me. Shoot your hands up all across this room. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Come on. Awesome. Awesome. All those who are joining us online as well, if that's you, just let us know, man. That's me. Father, right now, God, I pray, Lord, for every person in this room. Why don't you pray this with me? Say, dear Lord Jesus, today I recognize my need for you. I'm a sinner without you. But you came. You lived the life I couldn't live. You died the death I deserved to die. You took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you bore them on the cross. But you rose again to give me a relationship with the Father, a purpose on earth, and a place in heaven. Today, I surrender my life to you. Today, I begin a journey with you. Save me, forgive me, cleanse me, empower me, in Jesus' name.